Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Today's floor plan, we are going to discuss uh, the Boston Celtics. The Heat head up to Boston for a two-game set in Boston. Uh, But we're going to talk about it. Uh, With me for tonight's episode, we're recording this at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on what is today? Tuesday night uh, is Alex Toledo. Follow him at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. Follow him at Brady Hawk 305. I'm starting to think maybe we shouldn't give your Twitter handles out because anybody um, that listens to this show is likely following you on Twitter. So that fi- that's a funny little uh, self-aware moment to start the show. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive into the Boston Celtics. Here's the thing about the Boston Celtics. I go out of my way not to watch the Boston Celtics. Every chance I get, I try not to watch them. If they're losing big, I may tune in for a little bit. Kind of similar to the Sixers. I may hate watch from time to time, but I stay away from the Boston Celtics. So I'm happy that I have Brady and Alex with me on this show so we can discuss this team. I'm still not over that shot that Jimmy took. I'm I'm not over it. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not over it. I'm still working through it. The trauma is real. The Boston Celtics are at hand. The Heat are uh, winners of three straight. They've been in this weird uh, cycle where they win three straight and lose three or four straight and win four straight and then lose three straight. It hasn't been uh, uh, either or. It's been feast or famine for this team. And heading up to Boston, this is a tough matchup. Boston 17-4 and to start the year. They just had a really impressive offensive night. Uh, I think they scored 140 was the was the final that they dropped on some team's head. It may have been Charlotte. We know Boston is really, really good. Um, Brady, I know you've been um, perusing around the league uh, on the Step Back podcast with Ethan, the new show on the fan-sided um, platform, which all of our listeners should check out for general NBA stuff. And you guys touched on the Celtics recently. like So that means you had to have watched them more than I did. Sucks for you. But um, what jumped out at you? Like, so as we get ready for this matchup, me as someone who hasn't been watching him very often, I obviously know Jason Tatum is a baller, blah, blah, blah. But like, tell me what the Celtics look like so far this year um, and what we should be expecting heading into the game on Wednesday night. Yeah, so pretty much we know what they were last year. We talked about it, I guess, heading up to the Eastern Conference Finals that entire time about two defenses colliding, like two different type of defenses kind of centered around different things. Uh, but one of the things, even though Marcus Smart got the defensive player of the year, we all know that their probably most important defender was Robert Williams. And that we let's not go on a tangent about defensive player of the year last year. Uh, but it's obviously the, the loss of Robert Williams this season has basically shifted Boston into doing different things, uh, which one of them is basically going smaller because they don't have Robert Williams Two is spacing out more because they're going smaller 
and three, just leaning all the way in the offense. Like we had from a heat perspective, talked all off season about potentially them going in this direction. And that's pretty much what Boston has done. The numbers are just pretty wild for the Celtics, Celtics offense. And you look at pure offensive rating, the fact they're at 121 offensive rating, number two is Suns at 116. Like, it's a pretty crazy gap and they're still middle of the pack defensively and they still have a nine, uh, a plus nine net rating. <laughs> like the fact that's just how good they've been as an offensive team. So I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit more, but I'll just hint at the fact that uh, I just don't really know what mine is going to do defensively because they've been a top three defense over the last five games, just being having their base coverage be zone. Can you do that against a team that is literally 40% from three on the season and shoots on a, like a high volume from three, that's going to be tough to go through. And before we go any farther, uh, I'll just say that the fact that the injury report as we speak uh, is pretty heavy in general. Like the fact that uh, Jimmy Butler's out for this first game, the questionables are, are Tyler hero, Deadman, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Haywood Highsmith and Jovich, uh, who I think we would probably lean toward most of the questionables playing. So I don't think there's too much worry there. Struess and Kane are probable. Uh, and then the four that are the only four guys that are actually available are Lowry, Bam, Drew Smith, and Haslam. So, like, to just show where the team is right now, what it's could still go gets, wrong. Yeah, what could go wrong against a team that's having a historically great offensive season? So, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, but I think as a whole, you're just seeing what this Celtics team is. I know Jalen Brown's questionable, so that could change up a little bit of things. Uh, but I just want to say, first of all, before we get into a little bit deeper, is I compare this game to the Suns game recently where they had a big win, but the things they did against that Suns team is very comparable of what they could do against this team because they could not just sit in zone against the Suns. They couldn't just sit back and let the Suns just absolutely tear them apart, Chris Paul or not. Uh, what they did in that game, and we did a full podcast after it, was that they let the campaigns of the world take that little push shot in the middle of the floor. They were going to go into that deep drop. They were going to force those type of shots. But if Devin Booker got the ball from pick and roll, it was either going to be playing at the level of the screen or it was going to be a switch. Like it was going to be dependent on who it was. That's what I imagined in this game, like what they're trying to get to, because there, there's no way that we're sitting here on a two game slate and they're saying, let's just sit in zone again. Like you just can't do that against a team of this caliber. What I think they do is they're going to switch or play high on Jason Tatum's if Jalen Brown plays same deal, but you're going to let the Marcus smart types, even though he got going last game, those are the guys, if they, if they beat you, you just got to just, call it like just give them the win in that case because there's nothing else you can really do at that point so I just think those are the type of things you have to look for because I think they're going to force those type of shots but it's not going to be easy to deal without you know ha not having Jimmy Butler and having to do all these things defensively that we've been kind of worrying about on a regular basis for this team throughout the entire season yeah I mean the Heat's defensive rating has kind of um snuck up i think the last i checked and keep me honest i think i saw eighth was some i think anthony chang may have tweeted that shout out to him um so the heat's defense has been playing better but to your point the celtics offensive rating right now would be the highest ever since the nba merger i'm looking through some of these other stats y'all like they average 121 points a game their third and field goal percentage the Heat, all year we've been saying, well, the one thing that they do good is shoot free throws. Guess who is now first in free throw shooting throughout the NBA? Not the Miami Heat. No, 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 no. The Boston Celtics have overtaken them by uh, four-tenths of a percentage point. 
Um, so that hurts in itself. Be- best three-point shooting team, first and three-pointers made. It's like playing the Warriors. You got to stay at the level of the screen with every single guy, Brady. Like, I, I don't know who you drop away from. Alex, uh, like, I'm not going to ask you how do the Heat beat Boston with what they have going because we know that it's going to likely be um, – some combination of guys playing above their heads and shots going in, et cetera, like the the stuff that we talk about often, but is there one aspect of the game for Miami offensively that you think that they could take advantage of Boston from a defensive perspective to kind of even the playing field a bit? Like, I guess that's where I'm going because I feel like stopping this team may be a little unrealistic. They're scoring 130, 125, 140 night overnight. Um, so do you think there's something offensively Miami can do to, uh, to get Bam going or what, what are, what are your thoughts offensively for Miami against Boston? Well, if you're talking about offensively for the heat, it's going to be tough, man. Cause yes, like honestly, I'm going to give them credit as much as I don't want to, because it was a smart thing to do when Robert Williams is going to be out for an extended period of time to go to lean into offense and just go five out. Cause he was really the one guy, um, who wasn't really spacing the four film at all. You know, he was a, he's a screen and roll big who is elite on the defensive end. So they went five out and I think it's really um, played out well for them, but their defense is, um, you know, it was a little bit worse when the season started. I think that was kind of the thing that people were looking at. It's already kind of coming back to earth in a good way for them. Like, I think a lot of the things that they're showing, you know, the type of shots they allow, they allow the fourth least threes, they allow the fourth least rim attempts and the second most mid-range attempts, which is kind of something similar to what they did last season. Obviously, now they're doing it without Robert Williams, who's probably their best um, defensive player. But it's it's still tough because they don't allow the shots that you would normally think are good shots and that the Heat usually look for. Like, I think it could be a big night for Tyler. It could be a big night for Bam if they go and attack those mid-range spots that are going to be there. And I think we, we know that both of them have no issue, no problem going to the mid-range game when it's there for them. And I think it's going to be there for them. So you obviously just can't um, make mistakes versus them. What I will say is they do not force turnovers at all. They force the least amount of turnovers. Uh, So, you know, even if you do make some mistakes, that's not, you know, something that they're especially good at. But I just think the margin for error is going to be small versus them. It's going to be very, very small. You know, you're on the road without Jimmy Butler. And yes, it's going to come down to can they make enough shots? We've seen that they can create offense without Jimmy. It's just being able to hold it down for an entire game on the road and just not having any quarters where you get destroyed. I know I've said that before, but I really do just think you got to get at least one of these games, right? Obviously, you're looking to, towards the, the second game where Jimmy is probably going to be playing, but these Celtics are not uh, a team to mess with. I think everybody is excited because, you know, it's this big rivalry um offensively the heat got to do their thing tyler and bam got to keep leaning into what they've been doing specifically feeding bam yeah no like i'm with you i I want one of them bam games where he is looking in like in that iconic photo with his arms up i I still love that that whole run uh, that's why it hurts y'all because it was like there were such good moments and that was one of them uh you're right they got to get they got to get one of these two i feel like if if they lose both, people are going to feel like the current, the the latest win streak was just eh, whatever. If they get one, it's like okay, they're they're on the right track. If they get both, everything changes. I think personally, but if they lose both, 
it could be a disaster. And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, you guys know who to call. Water cleanup of South Florida. If you have a leak and you don't can't find where it's coming from, if you're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business, call Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team are prepared to handle any type of leak detection issue 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak is located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and restore the damaged area. They'll do it all for you. Fully licensed, insured, certified. They're the one-stop shop busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in any other contractors. They'll do it all, the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Call Michael. Anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356, WCUFL.com, Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they got the gut. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's a heat to have gut uh, to get one of these next two. Um, Y'all think it's uh, more realistic to get the first one or to get the second one? I'd probably lean the second one just because I feel like we're expecting Jimmy. <laughs> like I feel like it might Good be point. that simple Good point. Uh, that it's like, I know there's no moral victories from a heat standpoint or a fan basis standpoint, but it's like, just don't like get embarrassed in the first game. It feels like without Jimmy Butler, like I feel like the second game is going to be probably much more competitive. Uh, but I was looking at, because we were talking about it pre-show that I kind of even forgot about the first game that happened between Heat and Boston because it feels like so long ago, but it was like the second game of the season, which is wild because it shows how fast this season's going by already. But true. Uh, they lost 111 to 104. Tatum and Brown had 29 and 28, but I was looking at the fact that uh, Miami's bench was like their main issue in this game, just from a box score perspective. Like they had Gabe had 17 and he had a really good start to the season. And then the re- anybody else on the bench had four. Like, they did not get anything from the bench where it's like Boston has a bunch of guys who are off the bench. They have Grant Williams, who's, like, shooting at an incredibly high level uh, off spot-ups. Malcolm Brogdon, who was a really good acquisition in terms of just getting them into their shots, in terms of putting pressure on the rim, scoring around the rim. Uh, they're going to get stuff from their bench where it's like we've seen that graphic, I think, specifically today where it's like, the on-off numbers with Bam and, and how everything just falls off a cliff defensively and stuff like that. But if that is going to be the case to an extent, you just have to continue to score at that point. Like you have to have uh, – I'm not even sure what the lineup will be if because it depends on who's going to play in those questionable tags. But Because uh, Max will probably start in Jimmy's place, I would expect. They'll probably be the yeah. same starting lineup we've seen. I would probably expect mm-hmm. that. So we're just looking at the same thing as like – can they match Boston's bench by any means? Like if, if their bench is the Haywood High, Smith, Deadman, Drew Smith uh, combo of some kind, like it's just like, it's tough to expect that. So now if we're saying that you're putting even more pressure on your starters to kind of match the Tatum and the Browns of the world, or even kind of pass them up. So you're going to need, we're at a point now where we just did the like 50 minutes on Bama to buy. We basically like, and Alex was sitting on the fact that they need Tyler and Bam tomorrow. 
And I don't think there's anywhere else around it. Like they really do. Like they need Bam to be aggressive. Bam. I think they're, I think he's in a rhythm right now that he'll be in that mindset. Uh, and he's had some pretty good games against Boston in the past, but and part of that might be the Tatum aspect because he's friends with Tatum and he always likes playing against his, his buddies, but they're really going to need him. Like they really are. And I think back, and I said this on the last episode, like when, if they can run sets for him, like they did in that Washington game at the beginning where they were like running him off screens and getting into the mid range. When Alex was talking about the kind of the, the shot profile of Boston, they, they force mid range shots. Tyler's going to get mid range shots. And this would be the most perfect game for Tyler here to turn it around offensively as a scorer, because he's going to have the look sitting there. But if they could start running stuff for Bam to get those mid-range looks, now mm. Boston's in a spot. Like, now it doesn't matter about bench scoring. Now it doesn't matter about what you're doing. It's just like, how do we stop Bam out of bio from getting these shots away? And now you're kind of shifting what they like to do defensively. Uh, and that pretty much was my point last night when you're comparing Jimmy and Bam. It's like, Jimmy's going to get, like, that extra defender. Bam can change up a game plan. So I guess the goal here, when you're if you're kind of short-manned already and you don't have your best player, try to get them to adjust their game plan. And the only person that can truly do that is Bam. That's so true. And I mean, I hate to be uh, like, we don't want to sound defeated going up there, but like to a certain aspect, like, and Alex is in the chat here. So I'm going to lean into this a little bit with some of his stats. Like, look at this three point shooting team, like as a team, like, okay. Jason Tatum's at 34.7 and Jalen Brown's at 34.4. Malcolm Brogdon, and I'm sure this isn't on low volume. I don't have attempts in front of me. Is shooting 47%. Derek White has 45%. Al Horford, 49% from three. This Hauser, Sam Hauser dude, 49. Sam Hauser is shooting 49%. I don't. These these are our guys' field goal percentages. Um. So, Alex, do you think that this is a team? That can that I don't know that this offensive pace is sustainable necessarily, but is regression coming for them? One, and what do you do in this type of matchup? To like, is there anything that the Heat can do to muck the game up to try to, uh, I, I guess get them like to slow down <laughs> so that they stop, uh, you know, like literally onslaught of offense the entire time? I'm like befuddled as to what which way they go. Um, and if, if it's as easy as these guys are just shooting insane and we can't stop that kind of shooting. Um, it's funny that you frame, you know, you set me up that way because you saw me put in the chat regression coming soon, but really I do think it's coming. That doesn't mean the Celtics aren't still going to be a great offense. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen in these two games against the heat, but it's just insane. You know, when, when, you know, you were talking and I was looking up their individual three point percentages that their entire rotation outside of Tatum, Brown and smart are shooting between 40 and 50% from three. Like that's, that's just not going to insane. I'm sorry that I stole it, your stat, dude. Like, no, cause I it, started to spout them off. Cause when I went and looked like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like Luke Cornette, same thing. Um, Peyton Pritchard, same thing. Everybody who's playing for them is lighting it up. And again, credit to them. It's not, everything is, is fluky. They're just on fire right now. And they're still going to be a really good offense once the regression does happen. And so I don't think that you can necessarily count on that happening against the heat. Like I said before, but um, I do think that they get, they're going to have to switch it up a little bit, I think, in the game. And I know I've said this before as far as, like, um, leaning towards always switching up defensive coverages. Um, I think a team like the Celtics, that's especially true. We've seen how 
Um, in the past, they can be turnover prone. That's not really the case for them this year at all. They've been elite in turnover percentage. They don't turn the ball over, so they've gotten better with that. But that doesn't mean that you still can't play aggressive. The Heat are great at that. That's one of the things they've been really good at on defense, even though their defense is very good in itself. I think you got to lean into that a little bit. That doesn't mean you gamble, but I just think um, try to, you know, put a lot of pressure on them. You're going to have to win defense first in a game without Jimmy, right? You're going to lean on Kyle, Tyler, and Bam on offense. But defensively, I don't think you stick to one coverage. I think you can switch versus them because they're not necessarily as big as they were last season when you were trying to do that. And, you know, Grant Williams is not going to kill you as a lob threat like Rob Williams did, right? Like he might get some easy buckets over smaller guys, but I think it's a little bit easier to mitigate some of the heat's uh, switching stuff with the roster that Boston currently has, right? And not only that, I think you can zone against them for a little while. I just don't think they should do that for a very, very long time to where teams get comfortable. But I think you can give them problems by switching it up and kind of being unpredictable. I don't think their guys are necessarily like the best playmakers and processors on the world, right? Like shout out to Smart, shout out to Tatum and Brown and what they can do. But I think you can muck it up. I just think they can't um, – like the Heat can't be turning the ball over. That's one thing. They're, and they're going to have to try to force some turnovers because they can't do it all in the half court. Even if the Celtics defense isn't as stout as it was in last year's playoffs without Robert Williams, like you can't mess around with that team. So do it defense first. And then I think run the offense to those three guys and they've, they've got a shot. Look at that. They got a shot. I like that. That's guts right there. Um, a couple These of are absolutely killing them in the mid range, by the way. I know I mentioned that my, my bad to interrupt you again, that uh, I know I mentioned that uh, they give up the fourth most mid range. They also are getting killed percentage wise. So they're, they're giving it up and they're also getting destroyed, right? It's not like the heat where they, they might give up a lot of threes, but the, the percentage of that teams are hitting against them is, is low. That's, that's not the case here. Teams are just absolutely destroying them. So if the heat don't, you know, embrace that and lean into that tomorrow. I think it's going to be really tough. Brady hit on it. Like Tyler Hero, you hear that? Bam out of bio, you hear that? Even Kyle, Kyle Lowry, that little turnaround he has. We, we yeah, should man. see that a few times. He, he drags the big down there and then does that little stop and, and, and pulls up. That's a signature move. I don't know. There's probably a name for it out there now because basketball has names for everything. Um, let me tell you about two of our great fantasy sponsors. One's our daily fantasy partner, and that's prize picks go to prizepicks.com it's daily fantasy made easy you choose your favorite players favorite props choose if they're going to go over or under those props you can stack four five six players together from different sports use the code five f-i-v-e to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com use code five get your uh deposit matched everyone's playing it's the fastest growing fantasy platform on earth our betting sponsor is better edge and it's social uh, betting in that you're not betting against the house. You're betting against other people on the platform that are placing bets. So it's really cool in that you get different lines at different uh, values than you would at a normal sports book. And you can even go and try to get a line that you're looking for. Uh, use the code 5RSN. That will get you an initial $20 to get your bankroll started on Better Edge. I play it all the time. Uh, holler at me if you uh, join and uh, we can definitely talk about our best NFL uh, and NBA picks. I'm all about that. Hit me up. Um, but yeah, better edge five RSN and prize picks code F I V E. So we've been talking this whole damn episode about how good the Celtics are. 
I'm going to tell you the game plan tomorrow. We're going to go in there. We're going to identify the most punchable face first off. And oh, that's easy. Uh, who's the most punchable face on the Celtics, Alex? I mean, come on. I think we went over this enough last season. Well, but, but for, of the it. starters, is it going to be Blake Griffin? Is he going to start? Starting? Is he a punchable face? I'm. Yeah, yeah, he's that's not who I was thinking of. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, we're not we're not moving off this punchable subject, uh, punchable face subject. Um, Brady, who has the most punchable face on the Celtics? This is this is good content. Wow. I mean, I know where Alex was going, so that's that kind of changes everything up here. Um, hmm. Man, this is a tough question. <laughs> I'm just looking up the roster right now, and I just don't know if I should give an answer. It's not tough. Okay. I'm, <laughs> you guys are tough. smart because you may have to run into these fellows in the halls. Um, but I only, I only would see them every once in a while. I man, me and Peyton Pritchard are the same size. That's true. I, what, he has the most punches. <laughs> Let's just make clear of that. Grant Williams also got on my nerves throughout the playoffs, but I think there's certain elements of his game that I like too. So I hate to admit that. Um, I think that they come out play with a ton of intensity force some turnovers. They need to get off to a good start. They have to shoot at least respectable for portions of the game. They they're not going to shoot. I'm resigned to the fact that they ain't shooting 40% from three anytime soon for a full game. It happens like once a month, maybe so far. So it's, they got to shoot like crazy um, for just spurts. And then it's mid range, Tyler, bam, uh, mix in some Max Struess, uh, maybe get a, another good Caleb game and you that you pull something together, a ton of zone, mix them up a little bit. I'm buying it. I don't know if y'all are, but I just can't accept ending this episode saying the Celtics are the best team ever. They're not coming out of the East. If the heat face them, they will eliminate them and get them back for that game seven. Jimmy should have made that shot. Um, and that's basically everything I have to say about this matchup. Do either of you have anything to add? I'll just I'll just throw one thing in. I'll just say the fact that if Jalen Brown doesn't play, uh, that changes a lot here because oh, yeah. I think the the way that they can defend them changes in terms of. Uh, oh, yeah. I know there was there was some numbers that went on Twitter today from the Heat's account where it was like isolations defended last year for Bam compared to this year where it was like five point eight last year to one point eight this year, basically meaning mm. if Bam switches on you, you're passing the ball and you're not trying to score. Like you are not trying to score at all. That is crazy. Uh, which makes me say that if Jalen Brown does not play, they have a game plan to basically try and get Tatum as much out of the game plan as possible. And then you're working Brogdon driving kicks instead of Tatum driving kicks. And then you're working an offense totally different than they're accustomed to. So I'll say the Jalen Brown aspect is, is very big where if he doesn't play, I actually really like Miami's chances tomorrow because I think that they're aware of that type of card that they could pull out. Yeah, no, if Jalen Brown doesn't play, the Heat are getting both in Boston. You heard it here first. Oh, my God. And, if Jalen uh, Brown doesn't play, Jason Tatum is shooting like 3 of 17. I'm, I'm calling that here. There we go. See, the also, guts have been came like, back. He's like got into the rim a lot more this year because of all the space they have and then playing five out. So, uh, yeah, that would definitely make the Heat's job just a lot easier, and I feel way better about their chances. Malcolm Brogdon. What? Shout out to Alphonse, Sydney, and Miami Heat beat. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.